got to be a cool guy if you're from Santa Cruz, right? Like no one ever goes, oh, this douchebag from Santa Cruz cut me off while I was... It's, it doesn't exist, right? There's, oh, Did they yeah. just banish all the douchebags? Yeah. Don't they have like like the old time dog catchers would have? Like they just <laughs> come around in the van and hit the douchebags, yeah. like the guys are wearing like the Ed Hardy T-shirts in their fifties. Like, sorry, <laughs> you head over to Buellton or something. Go have some fucking split pea soup, douche. But we can't have you here. You're fucking our curve up. Yeah, Kevin. I mean, he really drives the ship in an amazing way on the show and. You know, he is one of the guys that just brings not only, like, just funny, funny jokes, but a huge intelligence, and he just gets stuff done. Funny is good, and Kevin's funny, but bright, right. even even better. And the guy's just super high IQ. Exactly. Someone comes out of the school and... <laughs> and you've got Kevin. Now, I'm sure Kevin's shit hot at Call of Duty, but it might not fucking cut it, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Kevin, you might want to put on a gas mask around 7.45 a.m., you know what I'm saying? Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Life of Riley podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Riley. Before we get started on this follow-up episode... There are a few things I'd like to mention. I'll keep it as brief as possible. But this stuff is really important. Okay? So, please bear with me. If you're enjoying Life of Riley, please spread the word to the people that you know. Engage with us on Twitter and like our Facebook page. These things are really important. Uh, Perhaps the most important thing you can do is to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I know it's a bit of a hassle. As someone who's been listening to podcasts for years, I'm a little embarrassed to admit that I've rarely taken the time to rate and review even my most favorite podcasts. I usually listen while I'm at work, or driving, so iTunes isn't readily available, and by the time I'm home and on my computer, I just forget about it. But that has changed. Prior to firing up the microphone for this episode, I went to iTunes and spent a few minutes supporting some of my favorite podcasts. First and foremost is Press X to Jump. My buddies Luke and Hamish from New Zealand... They're going to be on the show next week. We're recording this weekend. It's going to be a shit ton of fun. Uh, if you haven't yet, I strongly suggest you check out their podcast, especially episode 49, where they had special guest Kevin Riley on for a two-part episode that totaled like five hours. It was sick, people. It was so much goddamn fun. And who knows? Maybe we'll go six this time. Um, while I'm talking about them being on the show, if you have, you know, especially if you're familiar with both shows, um, but even if you're not, if you have any questions for us, comments, things you'd like us to talk about, any of that kind of stuff, we've got a few days here. 
So hit me up on Twitter at Life of Riley Pod. You can like and, and comment on the Facebook page with any things at Life of Riley Podcast on Facebook. Or send me an email, lifeofrileypod at gmail.com. And if you really want to get a taste of what it's like when Lou Kamish and I get together, go to their podcast, Press X to Jump, and check out uh, both parts of episode 49. So that was the first that was the first place I went to on iTunes, rated five five stars, wrote a review. It took literally two minutes. Um the next place I went was the It's Probably Fine podcast. Uh that's hosted by this Aussie guy, Chris Lagana, and his hilarious British co host, Alex Mills, who barely even sounds like a Brit anymore. Because he's been in Australia for so long. The next one is Rick and Paul Heal the, Heal the World. Rick and Paul Heal the World. Uh, for me, a very rare occasion where it is a clean podcast. They don't need to put the ex- explicit tag on their stuff. Um, but they're very funny. Um the the concept of their show is excellent. My favorite part is that listeners get to chime in uh, on every episode, and uh, sometimes the listeners win. That's a ton of fun. Um, those guys are out of the UK. Uh, uh, those guys are out of the UK, and definitely check them out. They're a five star for me. I think the final one I did tonight, and I'm going to I'm going to try and make this a habit of reporting uh, my favorite lesser known podcasts. I mean, I listen to Adam Carolla and Bill Burr, and you know, lots of other really big, famous, millions of download podcasts. But um, you know, I'd really appreciate it if people spread the word about me. So I'm spreading the word about some of these other smaller podcasts that, I mean, they're all bigger than me, but um, they deserve some recognition. And the next one is, and I've mentioned, I've mentioned all of these guys before, I think, but the, the final one that I rated and reviewed today was The Prude and the Porn Star, another uh, podcast out of Australia with Madison Messina and Carla G.S., Madison is a porn star, a prostitute, and a sex therapist. And for the record, prostitution is legal in Australia as well as New Zealand. And one of my favorite things about Madison is she doesn't call herself an adult film star or a sex worker. She calls herself a porn star and a prostitute. Uh... She's a very down-to-earth chick, and her sex sex therapy training, it, you add her experiences and her education together, and she has some amazing insights into human sexuality. And the polarity between her and her co-host Carla, who is a very sexually timid woman, she's only ever had sex with one person, which is her husband, and... Um, 
hearing their worlds collide, especially with Carla sort of vacillating between being judgmental and curious is really entertaining. Um, if you're, if you're not afraid to hear, you know, some rather explicit language, that's a definite recommendation, the, the prudent, the porn star. So if any of those shows sound interesting to you, head over to iTunes or the podcast app on your phone and check them out while you're there. Take a minute to rate and review Life of Riley. Literally, even if you don't write a review, even if you just want to click on five stars, I mean, obviously it's going to be five stars, right? It's me. Um, but any activity you can give on my iTunes page would be massively, massively appreciated. Engagement from the audience is the only way for a new podcast to move up in the search results. So please, please. Please just go in and click five stars, if nothing else. It'd be massively appreciated. Next order of business. If you're somebody who already gets podcasts, likes podcasts, understands why this medium is so amazing, but you're having a hard time explaining it to your friends and your relatives and your coworkers and stuff, uh, there was a conversation that Luke and Hamish and Patty had on Press X to Jump recently where they were talking about explaining to people you don't have to just sit down on your couch and stare at a wall while you're listening. That seems to be something that people, they, they, they see, oh my God, this, this show's an hour long or it's two hours long or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, you don't have to sit down silently and absorb it it's podcasts are perfect for when you're at work when you're doing chores like the dishes or folding the laundry uh you know if if you're driving i listen to podcasts constantly when i'm driving and the beauty of it unlike radio is that at any point you can just pause it and come back to it later so it's, you know, when, when people see, oh, my God, this podcast is an hour or two hours long, or in the case of the last time Luke Hamish and I got together, five hours, you know, there's no reason to be intimidated. You listen for 20 minutes at a pop, hit pause, come back to it later. Really not a big deal. It's really fucking convenient. You can come back to it at your leisure or at your leisure. It all depends on what part of the world you're in. And the last thing before I get into this follow-up episode about ESAs is there is a simple, no-cost way for you to support Life of Riley. If, you, if you're going to do shopping on Amazon, which we all do, let's face it, if you just go take one extra step, go to our website, lifeofriley.podbean.com. On the right-hand side of the page, there's an Amazon button. You click on that, it takes you directly to Amazon, and you just do your shopping. Nothing costs anything more, but we get a little kickback, a little tiny percentage in thanks for driving traffic to their site. So... 
if you're liking what we're doing here with Life of Riley, that's an amazing and awesome way to donate to the show, help us get some new equipment, uh, which we really, quite frankly, need very badly. <laughs> um, and also to just show your support. So thank you very much. This intro is over. Let's get in to the meat of the episode. This one shouldn't be that long. It's a follow-up on the ESA episode we did for episode, I think it was three. So in that episode, it was me really venting my frustration about this scourge, as I see it, of fake support animals, these so-called emotional support animals, where if you've listened to the episode, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I'm not going to spend a lot of time recapping it, but uh, you know, you can go back and have a listen before you listen to the rest of this. Essentially, it's people going, well, I have a pet that I want to be able to take places where you're not normally allowed to have a pet. How can I go about doing that? And this sort of new business has sprung up of psychiatrists and psychologists offering themselves on the internet for a fee where you know they don't even see the person and they write a prescription for an emotional support animal and so now this person can have their totally untrained pet in an apartment or a rental that doesn't allow dogs they can take it on planes they can take it into stores they can take it into you know and if you listen to the episode, you'll find out that actually they're not automatically allowed in stores, but business owners are so scared of litigation that they just let people in if they have the letter and whatever. But I'm not going to beat that drum too much harder. This episode is intended as a follow-up to explain partially explain why that shit pisses me off so much, but also to point out all the fantastic good that is being done out there with real service animals, real working dogs, and that kind of thing. Because as important as I think it is to scream and yell from my soapbox about these fucktards that are taking advantage of the system... It's equally, if not more important, to talk about the really good work that is being done with service animals and how these phony assholes are making it harder for the legitimate, uh, the, the legitimately disabled people who need service animals. So after we produced the ESA episode a uh, friend of the show Eleanor Oster shared with us via Facebook an article from a website called Anything Pausable 
possible, but PAW, called The Hidden Complications of Fake Service Dogs. And I cannot thank you enough, Eleanor, for offering that information. I'm going to share a link to that article on on the on the on the website for this episode. Uh, I'm not going to harp on it too much because it focuses very much on exactly what I was saying in the previous episode and this episode is meant to be more directed at all the good that is happening. To be perfectly honest with you guys, I a couple days ago recorded an episode and it was basically, I, I, I tried to record this episode and it was basically just a rehash of the first one. And I went to listen back to it to edit it and, and such and I was like, oh, this is just me yelling about assholes again. I've already done that. And that's not that's not the intention of this um of this episode. This episode is to point out all the good that is being done with service animals. So let's define a service animal. I know I did this in the other episode, but still in most countries Assistance animals are broken down into three subcategories. You have guide dogs, hearing dogs, and service animals. Guide dogs are for blind people, hearing dogs are for deaf people, and service animals are everything else. In the United States, the term service animal is used generically to mean any kind of assistance animal, including guide and hearing dogs. For the time being, let's focus on guide dogs or leader dogs for blind people. If I'm offending anyone by not using the term visually impaired, deal with it. Um, The first part of guide dog training is usually done by puppy raisers who socialize and habituate pups in their care and teach them basic manners and obedience under the supervision of a trainer from a guide dog school. This process take, usually takes a year to a year and a half. This is just to get them socialized and teach them basic obedience. They haven't even started their guide dog training yet. So after that 12 to 18 months, which starts when the puppy is you know a couple of months old usually the guide dog candidates are returned to their schools for advanced training in obstacle avoidance directed guiding and intelligent disobedience so what do these things mean directed guiding are voice commands that the handler can give left right forward wait things like that This is the most utilized part of the training, but it's the first part of the advanced training. Intelligent disobedience is the most important, it seems to me. 
Now, someone that actually trains these dogs might be able to tell me otherwise, but intelligent disobedience is the process of recognizing when there's an exception to a command and disobeying out of duty rather than disobeying because the dog would rather do something else. I don't know if you've ever seen a blind person with their guide dog getting ready to step off the curb into a street and the dog sort of shoulders puts their shoulder into the person's knee to tell them no don't do that there's a car coming that is intelligent disobedience and that has to be trained obviously and only a certain type of dog is capable of learning things like that obstacle avoidance according to this article that i'm reading here obstacle avoidance is the most important safety skill of guide dogs and the one that most fascinates people curious about guide dogs and it is pretty amazing when you think about it. Once an obstacle is recognized, the dog is instructed to navigate around that obstacle. He must do so regardless of whether the best path lies to the right or left of the obstacle and while taking into account not only his path but the path of his human partner. Here's an example of how obstacle avoidance might be taught. A low-hanging tree branch. The trainer approaches a low-hanging tree branch with a cane held in front of her face. When the cane hits the tree, it makes an audible cue to the dog that something has happened. The trainer might also say, ouch, or otherwise indicate an injury has occurred. Good acting on the trainer's part is essential for this work. The team will repeat this exercise with the same tree a few times until the dog is consistently navigating around the branch then the trainer finds another branch in another area for additional practice. Because dogs don't generalize well, it is important to practice the same concept, avoid low-hanging branches, in several different locations and situations until the dog realizes all low branches and not just specific ones are to be avoided. So that's one example of one training regimen for one duty or task that one type of service dog needs to learn. And this is why it takes years to fully train a service dog. This is why it takes tens of thousands of dollars to train a service dog. This is why assholes who just want to take their dog on the plane with them or take them into Starbucks with them, these completely untrained, unfettered, yapping, barking, biting, shitting, farting, piece of shit dogs are an insult to the service dog community. And it drives me fucking batshit. So what are some of the programs that are out there that you might not know about? Some of my favorite programs 
take place in a place you might not expect. Prison. Starting, I'm not sure exactly how long it's been going on, but it's been a decade or more, I believe. Started off with guide dogs, and now they, you know, some prisons are training dogs for wounded veterans, people with PTSD, still some guide or leader dogs, hearing dogs. Um, and this is a fascinating aspect of service dog training because it does take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours to train these dogs. Assuming the dog has the propensity for it even. And so who better than someone who is locked up 23 hours a day to really be able to do focused training with these dogs. And I've looked into several different programs, and in every case, the organization has dogs that are being trained in prison and dogs that are being trained by civilians. And in every case, the dogs trained by the prisoners tend to do, tend to graduate at a higher rate, tend to be better trained, all of that kind of thing. And it makes perfect sense because they're able to spend so much time every day working with the dog. In addition to that, there are statistics like your, you know, in your average, if you take your average prison population, the recidivism rate of prisoners, meaning people that get released from prison after serving their term and then commit another crime or a parole or probation violation and end up back in jail, that's what recidivism is, it's usually around 50%. With prisoners that have been in these programs, it's 10 to 15%. Because they've learned this skill. They've learned this thing that brings them joy, right? They've, they're have they able to go out into the world when they get released and not only say, hey, here's this thing I can do, but they have a recognized organization behind them saying, this guy just trained six dogs for us, and he did an amazing job. So it's a win-win-win on all levels. Um, there's another company or another organization that I just discovered tonight what are they called hang on one second yeah it's called freedom pause and i'll include a link to their website as as well as several others that i'm probably not even going to talk about but um, freedom pause is a really interesting organization in that 
they take rescue dogs and actually teach these veterans with PTSD and anxiety disorders and all that kind of stuff. They teach them how to train their dogs themselves. So both of them are learning at the same time. Uh, whether at the end of the training, I would consider them to be full-on service dogs doesn't really matter because it's the connection that's being made between this veteran with PTSD and this dog, this this anchor, right? That this this being that helps them come back to reality when PTSD and high anxiety kick in. And this is why these fake ESA fucktards piss me off so bad, is that every time their dog shits in the airport or bites somebody on an airplane or does something else because the person is too fucking selfish and just thinks that they have to subject their untrained dog to the world when there is so much real good being done with true service animals in this world. That's where the focus should be. And that's why we decided to do this follow-up episode. I still feel and encourage all of you, as I said in the ESA episode, if you see any of these fake ESA fuckers, Pull out your cell phone, videotape them, photograph them, put them on Instagram, put them on Facebook, put them on Twitter. Shame these fuckers because they're doing damage with their fucking narcissism. For the record, in case I didn't mention it, I don't remember if I did in episode three. I've been involved off and on with obedience training dogs since I was about seven years old. Um, I've also done a little bit of protection training and agility training and whatnot. Not a lot. Not not saying I'm a dog trainer, but I could take your misbehaved dog and have him behaving well within a couple of days. I can promise you that. It's really not that hard. And it doesn't have anything to do with treats or negative reinforcement or any of that kind of stuff. It's just very, very simple. Uh, So, I don't know that I really need to beat this drum too much longer or too much louder. I'm going to post some links to a few of the organizations that we've located that we've discovered in in the little bit of research that we've done so far if you have any information i know there's many many fantastic organizations out there that are working for uh physically disabled people visually impaired people hearing impaired people wounded veterans, 
all of that. The the prison programs, I think, are so fantastic. I couldn't possibly list all of them in the show notes for this episode. But if you have any information on anything, any of these programs, any additional programs that you would like us to share, please let us know. You can post it in the comments for this episode on our website at uh, lifeofriley.podbean.com. You can tweet us at lifeofrileypod and facebook.com slash lifeofrileypodcast. Uh, or you can tweet me personally at underscore Kevin Riley. Our website is lifeofrileypod at gmail.com. This was just a quick little thing we wanted to put out there. We're gearing up right now. In three days or so, we're going to be recording with Luke and Hamish from the Press X to Jump podcast. That is guaranteed to be a shit ton of fun. Don't miss that one. And don't forget to check out their podcast, like I said at the beginning of the show. Um, if you missed their webinar on beard oil, man buns, and unnecessary eyewear. Um, I'm sure I'll be asking them about it and how it went uh, when they're on the show. Uh, I'm sure they had a fantastic response. Uh, it's stuff that they're super, super well-versed on. It's kind of their thing. Uh, so that'll be interesting to learn about. Uh, other than that, thank you so very much for listening. I love you. Many, many thanks. As always, great thanks to producer Wendy for basically cracking the whip and making me stay on point with this shit. And mostly just thanks to y'all for listening. I love you. Talk at you soon.